Welcome to our podcast, All Things Baptist. We desire to bring awareness to what we believe as Baptist, to engage the listener to understand different views of Baptist theology, and to help the listener know more about all things Baptist. This may be talking with pastors, leaders, missionaries, or just introducing some great Baptist of the past. We hope that it is a blessing and help to you. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Thanks for tuning in to All Things Baptist. Doc is in the house, and today we're going to be doing a lesson. If you remember at the beginning of 2024, we did a couple of lessons on time management, you might say, but it was a personal perspective or a a look at our lives personally at time, understanding a biblical perspective about it, not just looking at it from the corporate world. There's a lot of information out there from the corporate world, but we're going to look similarly at personal development. Now, personal development or the self-help movement is a massive movement, not just in America, but across the world. There's all kinds of books that are out there, but we're going to look at it more from a biblical perspective, which is always what we try to do at All Things Baptist, because one of the main things being a Baptist is that we believe that the Bible is our sole authority for faith and practice. So when it comes to personal growth, does the Bible address that? And it does. So I'm going to give you a bunch of passages from Scripture, and we're going to look at them. And then I will just list out some other ones, and hopefully it will just help you in understanding that personal growth is important. So I'm going to start in Proverbs chapter 1. It says in Proverbs 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion, a wise man will hear, and notice what it says, and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. You can go to the New Testament, and there are a number of New Testament passages. We're going to start in Matthew 16 and verse 24. Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then it gives some instructions there and what that exactly means to grow in the area of discipleship. Then we have Luke chapter 8 and verse 14 and 15. Luke chapter 8 and verse 14 and 15. That which fell among thorns are they which when they have heard go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and a good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Uh, Luke 17, 1 through 5 is another passage. Um, 
I'm not going to read it for sake of time. Luke 17, 1 through 5, uh, if you're writing some down. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and starting at verse 1, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto ye were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For ye are laborers together with God, ye are God's husbandry, ye are God's building. Then in Ephesians 4, uh, 13 through 16, uh, is another passage. Um, Ephesians 4, 13 through 16. I'm not going to read that again for sake of time. Then Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10. Colossians 1, 9 and 10. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So there's a, a number of other passages. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 5, Hebrews uh, chapter 5, verses 12 through 14. For when, for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of, look at the word use, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So that's a bunch of passages when it comes to the Bible instructing us as individuals. And this is not talking about salvation here. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach that we work out our salvation. We don't have time to get into, you know, in the five graces as far as Reformed theology. The P is perseverance of the saints. There's a great debate on what that means. And uh, in when Reformed theology, and about 50 years ago when it became somewhat popular, and now it's grown even more, uh, there were many independent Baptists say, well, I'm a two-point, I'm this point, you know, however. And they'd say, well, yeah, we believe in the perseverance of the saints. We believe that um, once you're saved, you should persevere. Well, that's not necessarily what Calvinism teaches as far as the in the graces. We're not saying um, that uh, you you have to work out your, you have to work for salvation, but there should be once we're saved, the Holy Spirit comes to reside. We find that in Romans 8. We find that in 1 Corinthians. It's very evident that the Holy Spirit comes to reside inside the believer. And so 
What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, John 14, 15, 16, we know that he teaches, he guides us, he leads us. And one of the things he's doing is conforming us to the image of Christ. So we would call that a progressive sanctification. His desire is to move us every day while we're here on this earth towards uh, being more like Christ. And one of the things that we have to do is work at it. Uh, one of my favorite passages is Second Peter chapter 1. If you're writing passages down, Second Peter 1, 5 through 10, and then Second Peter 3.18. So Second Peter 1, 5 through 10, Second Peter 3.18. Second Peter 3.18, most people have heard that verse quoted. Most of the time we use that if we're talking to somebody after they're saved about growing in the Lord and their discipleship. And so it says, uh, for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, and uh, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God being uh, put to death in the flesh, uh, but quickened by the Spirit. And I am in the wrong passage. Okay. Um, uh, second, I'm in First Peter. Sorry about that. Second Peter 3, 18. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forever. Amen. So that's one thing when you're doing podcasts, make sure that you read the right verse. Second <laughs> Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Savior. All right, so we need to be growing. The Bible indicates that there are, throughout Scripture, that there are men and women that grew. Uh, Abraham grew in his walk with the Lord, and some of that was by faith. So faith is one of the things that God will push us in. We find that in Hebrews chapter 11. It also tells us in um, James chapter 1 uh, that the trying of your faith, and what is it? It worketh patience. And so Moses, God sent Moses to the backside of the desert uh, for 40 years. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 3 and 4 and 5, and you see that here Moses, maybe he thought he was ready, and it seems to indicate that in Exodus 2, that Moses was obviously trained, he was educated, he was being brought up in a, in a very proper, you might say, a way as far as the Egyptians. And maybe he felt that he was ready, and he goes, he takes things on for the people of Israel. Uh, he takes it on maybe... It, in his own flesh, and that seemed to fail. And then God sent him to the backside of the desert for 40 years, and during that teaching and growing time, God molded him into a godly servant. And a godly servant was one that was humble, and he was meek, and he was able to deal with things properly. So spiritual growth. So what does the Bible indicate as far as spiritual growth? We saw that it's mandated, basically. Spiritual growth is something that we should do. But then in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24, it says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And it gives a whole list of things. What we have to understand is that spiritual growth is going to cost you something. 
It's not just, yes, salvation doesn't cost you anything, but discipleship does. And in our personal walk with the Lord, we need to be pushing ourselves in this area of personal growth. And it's it's not going to be something that we like all the time, but it's something that's very necessary. So it's spiritual growth is going to cost. Uh, spiritual growth is known as, as I would say, progressive uh, sanctification. Uh, the Holy Spirit does this work. You can find this in the book of John, the book of Acts, in uh, the Corinthians, in Ephesians, and Colossians. You see that the Holy Spirit is helping us. Uh, do this process of putting on the new man, putting off the old man, yielding to the Spirit's work in our life. And you'll find in Romans chapter 7 especially that here the Apostle Paul is writing and he's giving personal testimony. That's why I say this spiritual sanctification that the Holy Spirit wants to do, it's going to be costly. It's going to be some work. And your flesh is not going to like it. Romans 7 indicates that because Paul, remember, he almost sounds uh, kind of double-minded or schizophrenic where he says, that which I don't want to do, I do, and that which I want to do, I don't do. You're like, well, what's going on there? Well, it's a fight. It's a fight with the flesh. Spiritual growth is also brought about by trials. It's and this is something that is kind of opposite of what some make popular in evangelical circles, not necessarily in independent Baptist circles, but in evangelical circles. And that is that the, the health and prosperity movement, the prosperity gospel movement, that if, if basically if everything's going right, then, you know, Yes, you're, you're doing something right because everything's going right. And what you find biblically, um, well, what about Job? What about Abraham? Even Abraham. Abraham, everything seemed to be going good, and then God came and said, move your family. Take, take them, and well, where am I going to go? Well, I'm not going to tell you. And he was supposed to follow God by faith. Uh, Job is a great example of knocking this health and wealth mentality. And so spiritual growth is brought about through trials to help us grow in grace and maturity. And a couple of things, just as we close, a couple of things to help you. The, the Bible tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, again, I, I mentioned it because it's one of my favorite passages in 2 Peter chapter 1. Hopefully I'll get the right passage this time. 2 Peter chapter 1, and it says in verse 5, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So looking earlier in the context, what you find is that these passages, um, the verses 5 through 10, they're in context. So it's not talking about how you get saved. It's saying once you are saved, you add, and it gives you a list. All right, you're adding virtue and knowledge and temperance and patience and godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. And then it says this, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten 
that he was purged from his old sins. So what do we have to do? We have to work at these things. We make a a list, and you work at some things every day. You'll find that good men in the past, and this could be in the Bible, and this could also be men that we might look to in history, uh, in Christianity. Uh, I think of Jonathan Edwards and Spurgeon. You can go in history. uh, You can look up uh, George Washington. What you'll find is that these men had a list of things that they work, worked at. Um, Jonathan Edwards had a list of things that he determined every day. George Washington had, uh, he didn't come up with it. Uh, those that have researched it, he, he basically took and modified something from the French that he found, and it was called the Rules of Civility. And he worked on things every day. Why was he doing that? Because the Bible instructs us to be developing personally every day. We need to make a plan. One man said this, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So if you're not making a point to do something. So uh, two things that I think in our society that are very, uh, very downplayed and made to not be very important anymore. One is responsibility. I need to align my life to be responsible as an individual, as a godly man or woman. Let's be responsible with what God has given us, and that's taught. One of those is understanding the Romans 14, 12 principle, and that is I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to give an account. It's personal responsibility. So we talk about that in Baptist, all things Baptist. We talk about that as far as the priesthood of the believer. Yes, I can go to God, but and I can go to him. I don't have to go through somebody. But it also means I'm going to appear before God. So I, I'm going to work at this idea of responsibility, and then also I'm going to work at the idea of discernment. Remember, we read Proverbs 1, 1 through 5. I should be seeking wisdom every day because I need God's wisdom, God's take on things. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me every day and multiple times. Every second of the day, I want him to guide me. So these are things that hopefully can help you. We said that we would try to encourage you in this area of personal development. And here's a plug, all right, if you're wanting to just audit a class in this area of personal development, we have a class through the seminary that you can take. It's called A Biblical Perspective of Time Management and Personal Development, and you can take that just as audit. It's pretty reasonable, or if you want to take it in a graduate program, you can do that also. It's very important for us to understand the Bible does instruct us to redeem the time, and it also tells us to grow in grace. May God bless you in this area of time management and personal development. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.